0: today on growth mindset university
1: see honesty and vulnerability should never be a marketing strategy
0: Mm.
1: you should not just go oh i'm gonna be vulnerable to get more likes no but tell the truth
0: you're listening to growth mindset university educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite it's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris.
1: How long do you want to go so I can know how to structure my stories? Because you know me, I'll get to telling a story. Oh,
2: yeah. You know, I... The sweet spot for my podcast is forty-five minutes. I record ones that are eighty minutes, or I record ones that are forty. Uh, you know, it—it's it, just we end when it's when it feels right, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's, not, it's not strict. Anyway, okay. As a young CEO of the Atlanta hip-hop management company, Street Execs, Charlie Jabali—is it Jabali or Jabale? What do you prefer? Rocket. Charlie Rocket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we're, we're going get... to Charlie. Well, we're going to get to that, too. We're going to get to the, your, your your nicknames there. <laughs> well, Charlie Rocket. He sold millions of records, changed the trajectory of how to market to millennials, and guided the careers of influential artists like Grammy Award winner 2 Chains. Mm-hmm. However, while all the success was pouring in, he battled depression, binge eating, crippling insecurities, and a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. To everyone on the outside, CEO... Charlie was crushing it. On the inside, he was dying, unhealthy, unhappy, and unfulfilled. He retired in 2017 from both the music industry and the name CEO Charlie. And at the age of 29, he made the decision to reinvent his life in pursuit of his childhood dream to become an athlete. And from the flames emerged Charlie Rocket. Charlie Rocket. Yeah. He inspires those around him. He's lost 135 pounds, he became vegan along the way, ran three marathons, reversed the growth of his brain tumor, uh, became an Ironman, he just finished his nationally known Dream Machine bike tour across America, kind of like Mike Posner's walk across America a little bit, yeah?
1: I I talked to Mike Posner last night for an hour on FaceTime.
2: (laughs) Nice, and you guys talk about your journeys?
1: Man, you know Mike is an old friend of mine, man. Like me and Mike, we go back. Like, hold on, let me show you this. So, uh, this is this is me and Mike oh, on Facetime last night. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. But no, man, like I think, I think um, there was something you said a second ago. You're like rise from the ashes.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. From the flames emerged Charlie Rocket.
1: But but you know what's crazy? Other than the fact you have the most amazing radio voice of all time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's crazy is the um, logo and the symbol of Atlanta is a phoenix because Atlanta was burned down and it resurrected. So uh, Atlanta's nickname is the Resurgence um, because Sherman burned it down and then it came back. Mm-hmm. So, so I like that. I like that analogy of the phoenix and rising from the ashes.
2: Absolutely, yeah. What are we missing there? Uh, you're uh, you got a partnership with Nike now, right? Yep. You, you always dreamed of being a Nike athlete.
1: <laughs> we went from winning Grammys in the music industry to winning Emmys with Nike.
2: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you know, you've rerouted your mission of making millions of dollars to impacting millions of lives. And uh, you know, managed two chains for for a decade, and now you're on to. Uh, other other things. I want to make sure people can find you, Charlie. Mm-hmm. At Charlie on Instagram and charliejabaly.com. J A B A L E Y.
1: I'll be honest with everybody listening. Like I'm not even big on Instagram. Like, like yeah, you are. I think no, so. No, 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 no. What I mean, by this is like Atlanta lingo. Like, if I say I'm not big on something, it means I don't like it. So I'm not even. Mm. I'm not even rocking with Instagram like that anymore because. They limit so much. That algorithm is so limiting. And the other day, bro, I woke up and I realized something, bro. I was like, I was having a a conversation with my business partner and um, (laughs) I was like, oh, we need to get our stories back to to getting 10,000 views a story because sometimes we have like 3,000 views a story. And I'm like, hold on, why? Yeah. Like, it's like, imagine if you had a bank account and this is what I'll talk about a lot to like young entrepreneurs, if they ever want to know about like marketing and shifting culture with marketing. But when I look at what's going on in the climate right now, imagine if you had a bank account with $140,000 in it. And the bank says that you only have access to $6,000. Yeah. And then, and then... They charge you money to access the rest of your money.
2: Uh, I know.
1: Would you bank at that bank?
2: No. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's why I, that's why I bank at LinkedIn, bro.
1: (laughs) I'm telling you, bro. It is crazy. Like we need to be finding new banks because this is insane that we can work so hard for something and then they don't give us access to it unless we pay for it. And that's why I built this world called Quantopia because I don't even want to give my Instagram out like that anymore. It's not even worth it because you're probably not even going to see my content. And when I'm looking at culture and what's next with marketing, it ain't Instagram.
2: Well, you don't you don't control it. No. That's the thing, and so that's why I was going to ask you, like, what the heck is Quantopia? Because yeah. it, soo- it sounds then like you know you're you're building something where you have like complete control of. Of the uh, you know of your followers and your audience and when you can reach them and at any time you don't you don't gotta be charged to reach them you know uh, but I was also happy though to see you comment on my LinkedIn post the other day I was like oh he's uh, good he he he's at least aware that 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 you know you should be relatively active on uh, on LinkedIn I'm glad that you're on there
1: yeah man I'm I'm like I'm looking at the game and I'm seeing LinkedIn's way next. better LinkedIn LinkedIn is amazing but LinkedIn is still not. LinkedIn is, is, not is business, and I come from the entertainment game, and in the entertainment game, we never use LinkedIn, but I like creating things that make people talk. I like creating things like that shift culture, like what I did in the music industry when we ushered in the viral era of hip-hop to where now hip-hop is the biggest genre in the world. And then to be able to do the same thing with Nike, where we were able to create a campaign that was the biggest ad campaign maybe in the history of all of ad campaigns—the Colin Kaepernick ad, which was named after me—and I was able to start in it. And we won an Emmy for it. So when I look at content,
2: well, what do you mean? What do you mean named after you?
1: So it was named Dream Crazy, and that's that's what I named my fan-made Nike commercial. It was named Dream Crazy, uh-huh. and then the Kaepernick ad was named Dream Crazy, and Dream Crazy is my tagline.
2: And you you know like they, I mean. You, like they got that from you, yeah?
1: Oh yeah, we worked together on the yeah. entire project.
2: That's great. Yeah, man. I remember when that ad came came out. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was late twenty eighteen, and uh, you know we start talking about it in marketing class. Everyone like shares what they think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, actually, like you know, regardless of what you think of Colin Kaepernick, it's it's genius because it has all of us here talking about it as the whole world talking about it right now yeah man and i'm a believer that there's no bad press uh you know i know some people go the other way on that but i uh i'm a i'm, I'm a believer in that stock
1: price went up
2: <laughs> i wonder what it is now, now like compared to it's probably like 20 percent higher now if i were to just like guess
1: Man, everybody can have an opinion, but numbers do not lie. And in marketing, sometimes you have to draw a line in the sand because if we were to take this like general population of supporters and we were to organize them into this like boiling pot of water, that small boiling pot of water is more powerful than a big old lake that's not boiling. So they drew a line in the sand and that catalyzed the passion Of the people who care about Nike the most. And that's why the stock price went up. So Nike rolled the dice and was like, okay, we will piss off middle America. But the people who care about us will care about us more. And that skyrocketed. And I call those supporters that support you the most. I call them moms. Moms.
2: Nice. (laughs) Bro,
1: in our business, business can go two ways. When we're dealing with marketing. Marketing. Can lead to a sale or marketing can lead to a mom. See, in my life, my mom supports me unlike anybody. Dude, and I'm me like, too. That's the type of customers, supporters, fans, followers we need. My mom doesn't miss a like. Where's everybody nah. else at? Like, it's like you don't even support enough to go tap, tap? Like, yeah. that's free. Like, my mom doesn't miss a comment. That's my mom's great. reading every comment and calling me, like, did you see what so and so said?
2: <laughs> Dude, that's, I feel I, the same here. My mom doesn't miss an episode. She doesn't miss, uh, you know, the comments on on my like LinkedIn posts. You know, she'll see some stuff. Uh, you know, she'll like. I see. Sometimes I'll see her face, like you know, in the in the you know in the mix of like I'll, I'll catch a like from her. Uh, but more often than not like you know I always see her like like in my posts so that's actually that's a really good analogy we should be striving to create moms
1: <laughs> and and there's a strategy it's a it's a strategy I call momology and it's what I've done my entire life in marketing and business taking somebody from complete stranger and putting them through a process of moving closer to mom status. And yeah. see, moms love us so much because there's this connection. And too many times in business, we're trying to be so perfect. Yeah. Everything's so perfect. But when something's perfect, there's no honesty and vulnerability. So there's no heart connection. But when you start letting people in to your life and having the problems and, and, and like, let's take, for example, like Oprah. Why do you think this woman is the most influential woman in the world? Well, when she was young, she was abused. And then when she got older, she got fired. Mm. Then she had weight issues. Then she had love issues. This woman is not trying to be perfect. This woman is literally just like us. That's why we love her so much. But in this culture, in our marketing, everybody's trying to be so perfect. The perfect product, the perfect image, the perfect angle, the perfect tagline. When the real influential people and businesses of the world, they are the people. They relate because they are them. So like, think about Michael Jordan. The man was so influential because he gave us a story that sat in our heart. The man was cut from his high school basketball team. We all had hope in our lives through this man's story. He got cut. I'm sorry. LeBron is aspirational, but LeBron's not inspirational. LeBron lost one game in high school. One mm. game. Total. That's aspirational. That's not inspirational. And that's why when Michael Jordan caught the ball in the second quarter of a regular season game, 18,000 cameras are going off. That doesn't happen for another basketball player because the other basketball players don't have that story. So when you want to convert somebody to a mom, start telling the truth. Move that person to mom status through that honesty. Study how Oprah, like let's, we could take somebody like, somebody like Jesus, for example who might be the most influential man on earth, if we look at Jesus as a business, right? The man was a carpenter. The man was not very popular. He had about 12 followers, right? Like the man was not talking about his six-pack abs, even though he had a six-pack. The man, we would be disappointed if like Jesus or like gandhi were like talking about their abs
2: yeah 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 like, exactly
1: like well, so why are we doing that if we want to actually affect things
2: a- a- and their cars you know
1: come on like that is the wrong way there's another way those things are the shallow end of the pool but in order for a pool to be good you need a deep end and a shallow end so you got to have the things that get people in but you also got to take them to the deep end And that's where the moms are, and the moms are the ones that shift all the culture. The moms are the ones who yell louder, support more, and that's what Nike understood. Nike understood that we can create a campaign that might piss off most people, but it's going to strengthen our moms, and the moms are the ones who are going to catapult the stock price, catapult the sales. They're going to post more, yell louder, support more, argue with other people because they love the Mm -hmm. campaign. It was a line in the sand.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Draw your line in the sand. Don't be, uh, don't be neutral. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I think I need to take a, a page out of that book, uh, more often, you know, the mo- about momology. I, uh, you know, I think I definitely need to get better at that. But with that said, like the, isn't there stuff that, you know, is probably not best to post about on social media. How do you know, like, w- what kind of stuff should we be sharing? And, what kind of stuff should we you know, keep to ourselves, Charlie? When I first started this podcast, I had no clue what I was doing, and it showed. This podcast was terrible in the beginning, so much so that when people tell me today that they listen to early episodes, I cringe because it was just that bad. But along the way, of course, I figured things out and started growing as I was going, But I wish I knew these things in the beginning. I could have saved so much time, money, and just sheer embarrassment. Now I'm solving for all of the unknown variables of podcasting for you with my brand new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. Oh, and by the way, it's completely free. In the course, I give away every single one of my secrets from marketing to building a business around your podcast and monetizing your podcast without ads. I put a ton of effort into this course over the past few months, and it is extremely professional. And this is something that people around me said I should be selling for 400 bucks, but I said no, I am giving this away for free. I couldn't think of something better to share with you. So, for free access to my new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster, you can go to jordanparis.com forward slash course. That's jordanparis.com forward slash course for free access to my brand new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. I look forward to seeing you in the course. Let's build a business around your podcast. Isn't there stuff that, you know, is probably not best to post about on social media? How do you know, like, what kind of stuff should we be sharing? And what kind of stuff should we, you know, keep to ourselves, Charlie?
1: Man, see, see, honesty and vulnerability should never be a marketing strategy. Mm. It should, you should not just go, oh, I'm going to be vulnerable to get more likes. No. But tell the truth. If it's going to help somebody, not help you, if it's going to help somebody... Do it. When I'm in a creative meeting with a with a uh, A A-list celebrity consulting forum or a Fortune 500 company consulting forum, and they're sent me down and they're like, "Okay, we need to think of one of these campaigns that's going to reinvent the game. I say I always start off with one thing. What's the truth? That's always my first question. The greatest ideas come from what's the truth. And that leads to game-changing ideas. Instead of trying to think of some... Imagine a Nike commercial with somebody running fast in a dark gym with sweat dripping down their face. You've seen that before, right? Sure. That ain't changing the game. But then you have a commercial about crazy dreams and these common men athletes and common women athletes with, or you have a, a wrestler that doesn't have arms or legs, or you have a basketball player girl in a wheelchair, or you have, you know, all these people with crazy dreams. And this is the truth. Like we have crazy dreams, whether or not we're great athletes, because in Nike's mission statement, it reads, if you have a body, then you're an athlete. Well, the commercials should look that way. That's why the stock price went up, because it was just the truth. Here's somebody who's overweight that has a crazy dream of becoming an athlete. Like, that's relatable. Like, when there's a problem going on in our lives, there's a pretty good chance a lot of people can relate to it. Because 8 out of 10 Americans are going through some sort of problem. It's very few people are just euphorically happy all day. Yeah, yeah. So... If it's going to help somebody, and if it's the truth, post it. But don't sit around and be like, "Let me come up with something that's wrong with me so we can get more <laughs> engagement." No.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. You're glad you make that distinguish. Uh, that you, you make that clear. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back here. Like, who are uh, I'm curious? Who are some of the other artists that you get the chance to to manage?
1: Man, I started off. Well, as as the like videographer and marketer for Soldier Boy.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, um, I recall hearing that. Yeah, we
1: we basically invented the vlog. Like this was like crazy. That that's a statement, but we were the first ones. Like Soldier Boy had a full time cameraman, and we put out videos every day.
2: Where so, YouTube. Oh, so like what? What was this? Like two thousand six?
1: Yeah, man, two thousand six, mm-hmm. two thousand seven, and um. Man, I was recording on mini DV tapes, like Canon GL2 camera. Um, I got fired from that, and then I was like, okay, like let me get into management because I know how to market artists. And I signed this girl group, and I got them a record deal with Interscope Records, and uh, they fired me. They left me for Sierra's manager because I was like 18 years old. They didn't, they they didn't want a teenage manager. So. Then I discovered this artist named Travis Porter. It was a group of yep, three guys them, yep. from Atlanta. And uh they didn't leave me. They didn't fire me. And um that was my big break. We had multiple top top ten records in the country. And then I discovered Two Chains and I discovered Young Dolph. Um believe it or not, I discovered MGK. Um I didn't sign sign them, but we put MGK on, Machine Gun Kelly, and uh that was fun. Um Discovered Roscoe Dash, um, yeah, man. Oh, uh, Bankroll Fresh, RIP Bankroll Fresh, Young Dolph. So yeah, uh, had had a had a cool little
2: group of artists. Sure, sure. So so, why did you why did you stop doing that? Uh, because. Now, I mean, yeah, you made a lot of money, but now, as I, uh, I, I don't know if this has changed within the past year and a half. But when I was hearing you on, on podcasts, actually almost like two years ago, yeah, not even like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't make money right now. Maybe that's changed, but <laughs> uh, why? Wh- like, why can't you just be doing that right now?
1: What, like, wh- wh- why
2: can't Yeah, why can't you still do that and be Charlie Rocket?
1: I don't want to, man. That was my old life, man. I I wanted a whole new life. I wanted to go back to my childhood dream. Bro, like growing up, I wanted to be an athlete. I buried that dream to become a businessman, something that was realistic. And then I did it. I'm at the top of my game. We're winning Grammys, and I'm sick. I'm 300 pounds and diagnosed with a brain tumor. So when you're broken, all you have left is your truth. Yeah. My truth was I wanted to be an athlete. That was my childhood dream. If you're facing death, you're not thinking about the things you you did. You're thinking about the things you wish you could have done. And I wanted to be an athlete. It didn't make sense to anybody, but I knew in my heart that I was going to be one. And I left and I said I'm going to do this, and I lost 130 pounds. I did an Ironman, and How, so like vi- the-
2: going vegan helped, right? Like, what else? Do, I mean, the- yeah, you you're, you're training yep. for an Ironman, like like high, high frequency, frequency
1: foods, bro. Mm-hmm. I changed my frequency, bro. Like everything's a vibration, mm-hmm. everything. And I was a low vibration. I was eating low vibrational food. I was consuming low vibrational content. I, everything I was consuming. Even the people around me, I was consuming low vibrations. That's why like, I was so uh, sick. Like so the dead I, or
2: alive diet you talk about on Rich Roll's podcast?
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Like, is this food dead or alive?
1: Bingo. Period. So it's like if a food, if a food is, uh, is alive, it's glowing in energy. If food is dead like a cliff bar, it can sit on the shelf for like four years That's dead. I'm sorry. Well, people
2: think I love when people think Cliff bars and other protein bars are healthy. Like those are glorified candy bars, dude. It's
1: Snicker bars. You're tricking yourself. Absolutely, and you know it's not that it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just there's a better option. Like I look at food as low frequency or high frequency because you are what you eat. And if we're all energy beings, and when you study quantum physics, and you see that an atomic particle is not a piece of matter, it's a wave, and we're made up of atomic particles, so we're just waves. So, am I putting? Uh, am I like okay? Think about this. Yeah. All right. Boost Mobile or Verizon? Which one? Verizon. Has, which one has more frequency? Verizon. So, what 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 do we want to be? Do we want to be connected? Or do we want to be like, I can't hear you. Like, would you say? Like, that's what low vibrational food does to us, low vibrational content does to us. It decreases our signal. Like, it's not as electric. Like, take, for example, an orange. If we were to put an instrument on an orange and see the vibrations coming off of it, it would be Verizon. If we were to do that with a Cliff Bar, it would be um, Boost Mobile. Like not good reception. So it's like when I eat this healthy food, I'm reaching so much further information, people, feelings, manifestations. I mean, quantum physics explains the law of attraction. Quantum physics explains how we're all connected. And this is not ancient mysticisms anymore. The hippies were right. The hippies had it right, but somebody like me from hip hop, I didn't understand it until I started being taught about quantum physics and I was able to manifest things like the Nike. I was able to manifest all these different crazy things in my life because I believed I was connected to it already and I was a high vibrational being. So, well, tell me
2: about what you've learned in quantum physics here. Oh, man.
1: We're about to go into the deep end. Yeah. (laughs)
2: All
1: right. So, this is really interesting. For everybody listening i go into this like like you're about to get the kindergarten version right now but if you want to like go all in with me because i try to explain things very simply where some of these quantum physicists they it's very complicated yeah. but i'm a translator so if you want to go into the deep end with me you got to get into quantopia where all my podcast episodes are
2: and how, so. how do we, how do we do that because it's like secret
1: it's secret yeah, like I've never put the phone number out on a um on Instagram or anything. Like Quantopia is a secret society but hidden behind a phone number. But I've never posted it. Um but all right, so if I give you all the phone number just whatever you do do not post it on Instagram. <laughs> Jordan, can you make sure you don't post this clip on it? Sure,
2: sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, this won't, this won't be posted. Okay. Uh, it may, we'll make a note to, to Julie and my content specialist. Don't do anything with this, uh, with this part.
1: <laughs> okay. So here's the phone number to get into Quantopia. It'll take you on like a little scavenger hunt to find the pink door. This is a digital speakeasy. But the phone number is 404-800-1073. Once again, don't post it publicly. 404 800 1073. Okay. Text it. You'll find the pink door somehow, some way, and then you'll be into Quantopia. And I go into all the quantum physics stuff and manifestation and marketing, all this crazy stuff inside Quantopia. But real quick, the kindergarten version of quantum physics: if everything is a wave, which traditional physics thought that everything was material, like me and you are separate. If everything is a wave, then that means we're all connected. So let's take a pond, for example. You drop three rocks in a pond. You got a Charlie rock, you got a Jordan rock, and whoever's listening, you're a rock too. We drop all three rocks in the pond. Those rocks are not touching. But the waves that come off of the rocks all collide somewhere. Quantum physics says we are all connected. They have done test after test to prove that a quantum particle can be split into two, sent miles apart, 14 miles apart. And when they do something to one of them, the other one changes instantaneously. Nothing in this world moves faster than the speed of light except one thing, the communication between quantum particles. That's insane. So they did this test. The military did a test where they took a man, they swabbed his mouth, put it in a dish, put an instrument on it to read the energy coming off of the dish. They took the man, put him in another part of the building, had this man watch an uh, emotional movie. The instrument reading him and the instrument reading the Petri dish in the other part of the building are the exact same. So when he was affected emotionally, The Petri dish was affected emotionally. Everything is connected. That's why when people say, oh, that's a coincidence. I was just thinking of somebody and they called me. No, there is information being passed through the air right now between all of us. Just like a radio song is flying through the air and a radio can hear it. It's no different. There's how many songs are passing by your face right now, Jordan?
2: Oh, well, a lot of, I mean, a lot. Can you I, I see? Them? No. Can I can't. you see them?
1: But when you have a radio, all of a sudden they exist, right? Mm hmm. Same thing with all of us. There's information flying through the air, but when we tune to the frequency, we can receive it just like a radio receiver. Once it tunes to your favorite radio station, all of a sudden it can hear a song that's flying in the air. Well, guess what? When we want to receive something, we tune to the frequency. We become that frequency. If I want something in my life, I'm going to tune to it. And then boom, all of a sudden I receive it, just like a radio receives this invisible thing out of the air.
2: So let's say, you know, somebody out there, they want to land a TED talk. How do they tune to that frequency, Charlie?
1: Man, it's all about feeling the future. Okay. There's two parts of this. There is the law of action which is very important because that actually fuels the law of attraction because you're sending out signals that you want it. So you've got to put in work. But the law of attraction, I've experienced so many magical things in my life. For example, the other day. I can't make this up. I swear to God. Hold on. Let me get my notebook. I'll show you.
2: Mm-hmm. Watch this. Sure, sure. Charlie's an uh, interesting guy, isn't he? <laughs> this is uh, this is fun. You're going to learn a little quantum physics here, and uh, here he is.
1: Bro, this is going to blow your mind. Okay. Okay. Let me go to the page. This was a couple days ago when I was in Whistler with Andy Frisella and Ed Mallet speaking mm-hmm. on the stage with David Goggins and Peyton Manning. Okay. So my speaking business has taken off, and I wrote this down every morning. I write in my notebook. My dreams, I call it my quantum possibilities notebook. and I wrote down these words. I said, uh, here it goes right here okay. I said uh, <laughs> so many pages of dreams. I'm that's sorry. great.
2: That's okay. really great. I have I got a uh, not in the screen here, but I have scores of notebooks with uh, stuff in it right next to me.
1: Here it is. Okay, it is, and these are my magic words. Like this is when things come true. I said it is easy making a hundred thousand dollars a month speaking. It's easy. It's done. Those are my magic words. When I'm tuned to the it's easy and it's done frequency, it's already done. Time hasn't caught up. I wrote that down the same day. I got an email. From a Chinese billionaire that paid that that offered to pay a hundred and thirty thousand dollars for me to speak in China.
2: Yeah, no way, man. That's a lot of that's too much money. I've only heard of like like maximum fifty thousand dollars. No Brother, way. <laughs> can't make this up.
1: Contract is signed. Contract got signed the same day. Wire sent same day.
2: Dude, it's just not like 130,000 Philippine pesos. <laughs> bro,
1: I'm telling you, bro. I can't make this I, up. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm busting your balls. I, I, I believe you. I, this, I
1: and he's giving me 100 grand to give away to charity. That's great. Bro, Like this is the type of things. When you ask for stuff, when I say it's done, when I say it's easy, it happens. I wrote down in my notebook. I'm going to be in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. That, I don't play for the Lakers and I'm not in the Olympics. (laughs) That is like the most ridiculous request.
2: Yeah, yeah. When's this happening?
1: It already happened. Oh. I had a Super Bowl ad, the Colin Kaepernick commercial. Like I literally said it was going to happen and I believed it and I felt it and I tuned to the frequency and I went from being, CEO Charlie to... I have a Super Bowl commercial with LeBron, Serena, and Colin Kaepernick. What? Like, you got to ask for things, but you got to believe it. You got to tune to it. You got to be so delusionally optimistic that you feel the future. My boy, JB, I got—I call him the wizard. He taught me about this thing called futuring. And he was like, when you want to tune to the frequency of the future... You can literally feel the future today if you think about all the emotions of like calling your mom when you find out that Nike is going to put you in the ad. Or when you become, you know, you get the TED talk and then you call your mom or you see your mom's face in the crowd. Like feel Mm. those feelings and then it the future becomes real today because when your body feels something, it actually feels real. So you're tuning to the frequency right now. You can feel the future right now.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm all in. What about the? Do you ever have those moments where you're like, ah, this is stupid, you know? Yes, like, yeah, yes. you do. What? So what do you do then?
1: I go to sleep because those <laughs> that usually happens when I'm tired, really, and I'm beat down. Dude, and- true. Uh, uh,
2: being black, uh, like when I don't get as much sleep as I'm used to, like that's the quickest path to depression, or or at least like ne- at the very least like more negative thoughts than usual in a day.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like when I get depressed, like me being a delusional optimist, I look at it like um like pulling the slingshot back. So it's like, okay, I'm depressed. I'm about to go lay down for a few days and just like pity party, you know, like myself but really? I always oh my god. You just
2: you just have the pity party, yeah. I
1: have my pity party Let but yourself, I, okay. But then I turn it around and I'm like, oh, this is like God's way of wanting me to get rest. So it's pulling the slingshot back, and then, pum! I come out of it fired up because I'm so well rested, and I experience all the magic in my life when I'm well rested.
2: So, yeah, I you know I read in uh, in this book I'm reading. I've been reading it for like five months because the pages are so big, the te- the font is so small. It's over 600 pages. It's like is is literally like a textbook, but it's called the Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. yeah, 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 I know you're shaking your head yes now you were you were skeptical at first, you're like, what is this what is this textbook but uh this is a really good book, and it's worth reading, but I read- at this part I read like three months ago about like you know what depression means, and it does have like real like function um and I can't like I can't recite it now, and I can't really recall it, but I just remember like you know, thinking like, or, or, you know, like, oh yeah, depression, like it actually, like it, it's our body, like giving us feedback, like our body, our mind, like telling us something. I'll I have to go back and you know what, Jim reread Carey it, calls but it? yeah, what's that?
1: Jim Carrey calls it, calls depression, he calls it deep rest, like depression. Like it's this like time to get some deep rest.
2: Yeah, we're, we, we've overexerted maybe, you know, it's time to pull back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, at least at least for a little bit. Yeah. Cool. So I, I I'm really curious, man. I know we're like all over the place. And as much as like I want to talk about like, you know, just your story, uh, in general. I mean, that's that's out there. You know, people can listen to the Rich Roll podcast, people can listen to Andy Frisella's MF CEO podcast. If they want to get like your full story, they can go to CharleyJabilee dot com and like literally it's all there in chronological order. I don't need to like I don't need to cover that. I I just like getting new stuff from you. So I'm really curious. Again, I said, I I know we're all over the place. I'm like jumping back again. Um, What was your college experience like?
1: Man, (laughs) check this out. I found out a little hack. And this might be bad for everybody listening, but I was CEO Charlie. I didn't want to go to college. My mom wanted one thing for me because I wasn't making money. I was living in her basement. I was... Reaching success, but I didn't know how to make money. Uh. So I was going to community college and I found out that you can sign up for a class, like all your classes, and they mail it to your home address. But then you have 14 days. You can cancel a class within the first 14 days and they don't send a letter to your mom saying you canceled. And when I found that out, I was like, oh, I'm only going to take one class and my mom won't ever know. And I would just leave the house every day like I was going to school. And I was just going through the motions, waiting for something to happen with my business. And one day, Interscope Records called me and said, hey, man, we want you to go on tour with Soldier Boy. And I was like, Ma, can I drop out of school? And she she let me drop out of school. And boom, it was it was all over after that. But college, I was at community college. Like, I wasn't. I wasn't meant to be there. I was just buying time.
2: What were those classes like? I mean, uh, what, what were you? What were you thinking? What do you mean you weren't meant to be there?
1: I, I wasn't. I, man, I was. I was an entrepreneur, man. I didn't like being herded like cattle. I don't do good in environments where I can't express my individuality. Like, bro, I like breaking rules. I like doing things different. And when I'm being herded like cattle, I'm literally told what to do, what time to wake up, when to eat. I'm a rule breaker. I am meant to break rules. And you know what? People will try to make you feel bad for being different. People will try to make you think that something's wrong with you. If you want to like go the opposite way of everybody else, there's nothing wrong with you. I promise. Like I have now embraced the fact that like, bro, I get depressed when I'm controlled. When I'm in controlled environments, I'm like, get me out of here. And there's nothing wrong with that because you might be more different than the people that are different. And that's okay because we're the ones who change the game. And nothing's wrong with school. Nothing's wrong with it. There's probably more successful people who went to school than people who left. So I'm not going to tell somebody not to. But for me, I, I just can't be heard like cattle. Like, it's like, a, it's like a virus is in me. It's like, ah, you're telling me what to do? Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Nope, I make my own decisions, and I'm exactly. going to create change in this world.
2: I, I, exactly. I, I feel the same way. This is uh, pretty much what my TED Talk is all about, you know, education and 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 the college experience, uh, but echoing very similar thoughts to your own here. Um, I'm not a fan, uh, and yet, like, I am still... I'm still there. I'm graduating like very, very shortly, but I go to school for free. So like it's it's okay, you know. I don't really like I I just focus on my business and I focus on my podcast and I put minimal effort into into school, but it's it's cool. At the end of the day I'm still getting the piece of paper, making making parents happy and making society happy. Uh me to
1: tell you the best thing about college? Sure. So when I, when I left college, I spent a lot of time on college campuses because it was the best network ever. I would pass out CDs from my artists every single day, every day. Campus police chasing me. (laughs) I'm hiding behind bushes because I needed these college kids, this network of young, influential people. I needed them on my team. So if I were in college, man, I'd be hustling, man like crazy because it is the most influential young people in the world in like a one mile radius.
2: Well, you were explaining that before. What, what, why in the music industry do you like, do we, do you need those like young people to catch on first? I forget. I forget the reasoning here.
1: So, so young people, they are the, they are the sponges and they are literally like their brains are still developing and they want to be fanatic about something, because this is before they have nine to five jobs and kids and relationships where they're all stressed out. They actually have time to be a fanatic. And when we're talking about moms, like the biggest supporters is usually the younger people because they talk the most. They're on social media. They get excited about things. So it's just, it's just very powerful, especially at colleges where everybody is from out of town like yeah. the freshmen because mm. you can market to this 1 mile radius and when they post it on their instagrams it's going back to their hometown mm. so you're secretly marketing to the entire nation
2: do you think this is that that young people uh that college students are like the the best you know market the best early adopters to capture like across all industries or maybe is it just for the music industry
1: oh i mean you saw it with Zuck, Zuckerberg. I mean, I like. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like middle school and high school too. Like mm-hmm. middle school kids have changed my life with their information they give me. They're so they're so next level because they don't know the old war strategy. They're not tainted. Like our brains are made up of historical events and facts. That's all our brains are. And and when you have a a, a middle school or high school kid, they don't have like all this old data to work off of, all they know is, oh that's dope. That's it. So they invent new stuff all the time. So I, I really um like there was a middle school kid changed my life. I actually yeah. changed the world.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Oh, like have you ever heard the term dad hat? No. So dad hat is a is a type of hat. Like it's like a baseball cap. It's what zoomies tillies macy's lids everybody uses this term dad hat and it's like you know floppy hat with like a little emoji or something on mm-hmm. it with a little strap in the back like if you were to google it you'll see every is retail... that what you're
2: wearing now you got a strap in the back yeah
1: no this is actually a trucker hat this is a trucker hat so i had these snapback hats where i was passing them out to kids in la and um because i manage two chains and i like give away like you know merch and this middle school kid was like Man, we don't wear snapbacks anymore. We wear Bryson Tiller caps. I'm like, Bryson Tiller cap? Like, what are you talking about? They're like, you know, like a little floppy baseball cap with like a little emoji or like a little saying embroidered on it. And I was like, okay. Um, So I went to 2 chains, and I was like, look, this is the new fashion trend that the kids want. But I can't call it a Bryson Tiller cap. I was like, we need a name for this because I don't want to call it baseball cap because I won't rank number one on Google. I don't want to call it a polo cap because I won't rank number one on Google. And I'm definitely not calling it Bryson Tiller cap. So I studied the fashion in L.A. and the normcore fashion style where people dress like Steve Jobs. Like the cool kids, they like wear New Balance and like, you know, cuff their pants and tuck in their shirt. It's called normcore and it's like dad fashion. Right. So wearing dad jeans is cool. So I said, we're going to call these dad hats. And I put it out. Boom, focus on a small group of people, and this became the industry standard. If you do a Google Trends search, Google Trends, and just type in dad hat, you'll see when I created the term, and it skyrocketed. And Then when I saw Macy's, Nordstrom's, Zoomies, Tillies, Hot Topic, Spencer's, every retailer in the world started calling them dad hats instead of baseball cap. Like I effectively renamed the word baseball cap for all the fashion industry, and that's just the power of listening to a middle school kid, that's the power of focusing mm. on small groups of people and how you can influence culture.
2: Absolutely, man. So uh, why why Charlie Rocket? Like, what's, what what about the Rocket? <laughs> so, what about Rocket Man?
1: So so, bro. Like, I believe in the law of attraction so much that it's like what we were talking about. You want to be you want to be something. You got to tune to the frequency now. So when I was eight years old and I buried my dream of becoming an athlete, I gave myself a name. I said, my name is CEO Charlie. Because I wanted to be a businessman, so I became a businessman even though I was only eight years old. But I dressed up as a businessman. I I replaced my backpack with a suitcase, like I mean a, a briefcase. And I would go to school as a businessman. And everybody called me CEO Charlie. So it worked. I became a businessman. So when I wanted to become an athlete, I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to give myself an athlete name. My name is Charlie Rocket. And I chose a rocket because all rockets start off slow. And when I was 300 pounds, I was slow. So I was like, that's okay. I'm still a rocket. I don't have to worry about where I'm at because I know where I'm going. And a rocket is still a rocket even if it's going slow on that first mile and it's only 62 miles to outer space. So, I don't have to worry. Oh, uh,
2: that's it. Only 62. Wow. Come, only 62, brother. Uh, by the way, I want to talk about the uh, the law of 62 in a second, but uh <laughs> I just I just remembered that. <laughs> but um yeah, dude, it is funny because I on on Twitter for the longest time I've had um like my name on there has a rocket after afterwards. And I know my friend Jeremy Miller too also has the uh, the same thing. He's had it for a very long time. We've both uh, seemingly had it for as long as we can remember. Uh, and I have the Jordan Paris rocket. Um, you know, I don't refer to myself that way, but I have that. Oh, nice. You got a necklace that says rocket too. That's really cool. It's like uh, silver, but um, anyway, yeah, I was saying like my, I, my reasoning behind the rocket is like, the trajectory of my life is always, you know, pointing up, Mm -hmm. uh, very simple. But now that when you explain it like that too, you know, starting off slow, um, I can definitely relate to that also in, in my life, uh, you know, maybe the first 18, 19 years, uh, and I guess it's all relative to, I mean, people could see me now at 22 and be like, you know, what do you mean? You, you starting off slow, like you, you're off to this rocket Mm star, but, but really for the first 18, 19 years, like it, i uh i didn't like and just didn't have much going on i didn't I, in high school i had one friend uh you know i've i've always been like as my mom would call me uh a dark horse candidate you know like i'm always the dark horse you know you don't see me coming mm. but but i'm there and i always i always pull out ahead you know so uh I definitely relate charlie for sure
1: thank you man yeah
2: yeah so what about what about this law of 62
1: Man, this is going to blow y'all's minds. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is going, y'all's brains are about to be splattered on your, on your headphones or your car seat. So check this out. The law of 62. I noticed a pattern in my life, and I think it might be a universal law. Like, I don't know. I might be crazy. Y'all might think I'm crazy. But I went back and counted. How many songs my first group Travis Porter released before our first top 10 record?
2: 62. And what was the first top 10 one?
1: All the way turned up. Okay. Um all like we invented the term turned up in my mom's basement. Hmm. Shifted culture again. Like that that's a that's a term we all say yeah, now. Yeah yeah yeah. And that was started in the Spitcho game basement. My shout out to my mom for allowing us to have every rapper in Atlanta in her basement. Um so 62 songs. Sure. Then I went back and counted how many songs Two Chains released before his first top 10 record. Spend it. Around 62. I think it was like 60 or like 59. Sure. But almost the same. But we get thing. the idea, yeah. And then I went and counted when I did my Ironman, how many running sessions and biking sessions I did. I didn't count my swimming sessions because there's not like an app for, for like swimming. Um, I'm sure there's an app, but it wasn't. I didn't have it. But um, it was 62 sessions for each. And I did my Ironman. Um, and then I went back and counted how many Russ songs he released on SoundCloud around 62 Before he blew up. Then I went back and counted Drake's around 62. And then I was thinking, boom, 62 miles to outer space. Like, is this a universal law? Because the first mile is the hardest. But there's something magical about 62. Because that's when there's no more gravity. And that's when it gets easy. So there might be some universal law to where there might be YouTube content creators where there's 60 second vlog or some podcast where there's 60 second podcast. It just something happens around that number of consistency. And then I saw this Harvard study that said it takes three three sessions of 21 days to make a habit. So it's not one
2: 21 day session.
1: Mm. It's three consecutive 21 day sessions. Guess how many that is?
2: That's sixty three.
1: Come on, man. I can't make this up.
2: Well, you're gonna love this. And when I heard you talking about the law sixty two for the first time, I, I was like, Yeah, he's gonna he needs to hear this. Come uh on, man. so from so my podcast, Growth Mindset University, episode sixty four. Okay. Was when was like I always I for for over a year now I've described that or I mean for a long time now. I I don't know if it's been a year since since episode sixty four, but uh I've described 64 to 65 as the turning point. Stop it. Yes. And I like, so, so a couple things happened there. Um, I got these. I got these two like really big you know guests. It was, you, you know maybe you know, my first few guests with you know several hundred thousand followers and you know they got the you know really superficial, but they got the blue check marks yeah. and you know what I mean. You yeah, know, nah, but that's like, a big deal, bro. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, maybe um, you know subjective, but um, but I thought it was back then, and um, and then I also switched from recording on Zoom to which you know is not built for podcasters and you you record on there with someone across the world it sounds like you're both underwater now i record on Squadcast, and the reason like you know if we have similar mics like um i know you're using headphones today but you know a lot of episodes it'll sound like you and i are in the same room because it records locally so like it was like the perfect storm from episode 64, 65, 66, where like everything just changed. And then 71, I, uh, or 69 and 71, I, I did a, um, I did Valentine's day with Rachel Starr, the biggest porn star in the world. And, (laughs) and that like really put me on the map. Like that, that really like had everyone like taking me seriously and, you know, put me out to a wider, like everyone listened to that. Everyone I know listened to that, it seems like. So and uh, like I even matched with this girl on Tinder too. It was like 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 recently, and she's like, "I heard you with Rachel Star," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, yeah, so so it's funny, man. But um, 62. but I, I, but for me too, it, it, the the law of sixty two is was definitely um present here.
1: Yeah, man, bro. It gives me so much peace when I'm starting something to just know, Charlie, if you're at if you're at forty five. There's nothing to worry about. Just get to 62. Sure. If you're at 51 and you haven't made it yet, that's okay. I just got to get to 62. So it gives me peace knowing where to go. Because when we're chasing our dreams, man, it's like we're in this dark forest and we don't have a flashlight. But 62 is like a little flashlight. Like, just keep going that way
2: yeah dude i was running out of steam in the in the 30s i was i was ready to quit i was like really depressed in my life like it it was like it was like september 2018 i was just like really not feeling it man you know it was just like Mm -hmm. like it was a it was i had a bad episode you know uh it was a weird weird month for like no reason i mean it is my birthday month too i don't know if it has anything like to do with it but um i've been fine on my birthday month since but uh but thank God I stuck it out, got to sixty two, and now we're you know we're pushing two hundred. So
1: come on, man.
2: So and and it's been like some really, uh some really, it's been a great ride for sure. So.
1: Well, you're inspiring us, bro. Everybody who's listening, if you want to create content or get your business off the ground, for all the sixty two, that's easy, right? It's easy. Mm-hmm. Let's get to sixty-two. Anybody could do sixty-two
2: of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about sweet potatoes, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking. We were talking beforehand. I, 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 we love making our sweet potato chips. I had them like literally. I threw them in my mouth like. My time management before this episode was not good. I threw them in my mouth mouth, like two seconds before we got on here. Put the I I sprinkle like cinnamon, uh, like I drizzle it all on there, uh, and then like Himalayan pink salt, and then put it in the oven on 375 for I don't know, like yeah. It's (laughs) time for that. Yeah, yeah. Time for that, bro. I love when you just cook them just right too when you're patient instead of pulling them out early. And like they were so perfect this time. So oh, they were like candy,
1: bro. Man. We all need sweet potatoes in our life, now. man.
2: <laughs> now I know I know you like sweet potatoes. How many, how many are you having per week, per day? What's the, uh,
1: Ooh, what, what,
2: what are you doing?
1: I, I probably do. I probably do at least two a week.
2: Okay, good. When
1: I was losing all my weight, I was doing like one to two a day.
2: Okay, so the reason I asked that question, Charlie, is uh-huh. because when I was hearing you on, on, you know, like talking two years ago seemed like you were having multiple sweet potatoes per day. And so it was about two years ago where I, for the longest time, you know, for like several months, was having one to two every single day. And I would go to cheerleading practice because I was a college cheerleader. Uh And the girls would be like, like, dude, you're like, Jordan, you're orange. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting, I was getting so much beta carotene I was getting uh, what is it? Vitamin A is so prevalent in there. I was getting fifty two hundred percent of the daily value of vitamin A. Uh, like I was, I was overdosing on vitamin A, and like really? which has some really, if you go long enough, has some really severe. Side effects, you end up losing your hair. No. Like, if you go along, yeah, dude, you can't have too much vitamin Vitamin A. You can't have, like, two sweet potatoes per day every day. But, but two per week, uh, yeah. that's good. That's that's perfect. That's what I have now. I'm having, like, I'm having three this week. I got three you, at Whole Foods. You
1: know what my favorite is? Mm. People think I'm crazy. But when you bake the sweet potato and you put it in the double, double uh, aluminum foil, yeah, right, yeah. and you cook it real slow, and then you take it out. And you put it in the refrigerator, and the next morning, dude, you eat the sweet potato, and it's cold with a spoon, oh. and it tastes like dessert, bro.
2: This is innovative,
1: <laughs> bro. It's the cold sweet potato to me is better than the warm sweet potato, mm.
2: it's like yeah. dessert, man. Yeah, yeah, maybe something with the texture is a little bit different.
1: Don't even get me started on the purple sweet potato, I, bro. okay?
2: So those cook they when I cut them into chips they dry, they they get really really dry and yeah. they kind of get stuck in my throat when I oh eat
1: Oh lord them. I nah, like the bro. Japanese
2: sweet potatoes
1: Bro, you got to go you got to you got to don't 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 make don't make uh uh the the chips with those Like that needs to be like mashed like it's almost like it's a dessert mm. like it's delicious bro Okay
2: I'm going to try that again cuz I I haven't I've I have only tried it as chips so Roger that. I'm gonna go with the, the purple. Cook them normal. Do you put that in the fridge too? Then
1: man, I put it. But I love cold sweet potatoes. Good, man, that's good. that's my jam. Now I love nice, the fr- I love the chips too. But I love the cold.
2: So so how? This is one of my last questions. Like, how's your relationship with food evolved? Then we're talking about these sweet potatoes. How's your relationship with food evolved over the past ten years, Charlie?
1: Man, I used to have a binge eating disorder. It
2: was like a food addiction, uh, right?
1: Food addiction. All the way. Um, I have been healed of that. Like veganism really helped me. Um, But now, man, it's like I don't even really stress over it too much. Like I used to have like self-love issues. Now like I love myself. And I'll like... My weight will fluctuate like 10 pounds. Like I'm looking in the camera right now and I'm like, Charlie, you look like you're retaining some water, but I'm not beating myself up over it. You know, some days you look thinner. Some days you get a little bit bigger. Normally days like today, I'd be like stressing out, Mm -hmm. but now I'm like, man, Charlie, you're amazing, bro. You're so amazing. Like it's okay to fluctuate five pounds, ten pounds. So I don't even stress over it. Like, I just ate at Air One. It's like...
2: Oh, I love it. No, no, no. I love Air One. Right in, um, right in LA, yeah? I'm actually out
1: in Malibu. So I ate oh, okay. at the one in Calabasas.
2: Oh, so, I've never been to that one. So,
1: so the food is amazing. I ate probably a little too much. But you know what? Is that a low-frequency thing or a high-frequency thing? Well, I could find a way to beat myself up over eating too much high-frequency food. But I don't. I'm like, it's cool. Just eat a little bit less later today. And it's Mm -hmm. all the same. Instead of me going down this cascading spiral, of beating myself up, then I'm stressed out. And then I want to eat even more.
2: You shoot yourself in the foot for shooting yourself in the foot, essentially.
1: Come on. You you shot
2: yourself in the foot by eating a little too much. And then you're like, by by stressing out about it and beating yourself up, you're shooting yourself in the foot again. That's like what Mark Manson talks Mm. about. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Man, yeah, I love Air One. I love the uh, the salad bar. I uh, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that. I had a salad. Yeah. salad. The a...
1: little sesame tofu.
2: Yeah, Whole Whole Foods salad bar doesn't do it. It's actually like it's super weak at Whole Foods. It's 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 uh, but... it's, it's
1: pretty
2: weak. Yeah, it's pretty weak. Air Air One though is is world class salad bar. But yeah. oh, and the um the Green Goddess uh like. The ice cream mix thing that they that they make at the... You ever have that? Yeah. Dude. Oh,
1: yeah. Come on, man. You know I've got the... Bro, you got to tap into the goddess frequency, bro. Uh-huh. That's a whole yeah. nother podcast. I can give a whole podcast on how to tap into the goddess frequency because it changed my life. When I started understanding the goddess frequency, bro, like I had the most amazing girlfriend the woman I want to marry in my life now because I tapped into the frequency and boom, when a man taps into the goddess frequency, the goddesses come.
2: That's the kind of, that's the, I got to tap into the goddess frequency. I got to tune to that channel because I'm definitely like, like if there's anything, you know, if someone were to ask me like Jordan, what's missing in your life? And I've said it before, like, you know, it's the, you know, it's a, it's a relationship and I know I'm only 22, but like I haven't, I've never dated anyone longer than five weeks. Like, I, I need to date someone longer than five weeks before I, you know, I need to have like some practice here, you know, other than like hookups. So I definitely gotta tune to that frequency a little bit. I'll
1: Charlotte. teach you, brother. Okay. You got my cell phone. Call me. I'll teach yeah. you about the goddess frequency.
2: All right. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that. What um what what's what do you wish more people knew about you?
1: Man, I'll be honest, bro. Like the other day. The uh, Andy Frisella, who's a a good buddy of mine. He was like, Charlie, I want you to speak like on the same stage as Payne Manning and David Goggins. And he's like, I don't want you to speak about law of attraction or dreams, though. People already know that from you. He said, Charlie, you're one of the smartest marketers in the history of the world and nobody freaking knows it. He said, you're going to give a speech about marketing innovation. And I was like, all right, cool, man. I've never done a speech about it. I usually don't talk about business too much. I've always done business. Mm-hmm. But I wrote a speech and Andy and Ed were like, that was the best speech I've ever seen in my life. Like in their lives, like Ed Ed Milet's wife has seen every speaker in the world. She took like five pages of notes on my speech. And she that. said, that was insane. I've never taken yeah. this many notes before. So it was just, um I want people to understand now that In 2020, I'm going to be teaching a lot about businesses because people need that as much as they need inspiration and like dream advice because when people's businesses are struggling, I mean, it's a pretty like heavy gravity world. Mm -hmm. So if I can help unlock people's dreams and unlock their businesses, I'm helping some more people.
2: Yeah, I was just going to ask what's next for you, but you kind of answered it there. Yeah, right?
1: Hey, I'll tell you what's next though. Sure. Bro, Quantopia is the biggest brand I've ever built in my life. In my life.
2: What's that? 404-800-1073.
1: Just don't put it out publicly.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Charlie, I could go, I could have a conversation, talk with you all day. This is a lot of fun. I'm going to definitely take you up and, and, and hit you up about the uh, the goddess frequency. <sniffs> I got you one final question. I What's But that? I really, I, look, I really appreciate you. I didn't expect to go this long. It's been a lot of fun for me. Uh, it's been kind of just an effortless conversation. So I, I really appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. My final you question. You said you had, w- oh yeah, one last question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is it? If you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be?
1: <laughs> at a university? Man. If I could teach a course at a university, I would literally, like, I, w- I would, one, teach the science of dreams. Like, there is a science of dreams. Like, this manifestation, bro, this is not... Exclusive to hippies, bro. I promise I'm from the hip-hop industry in Atlanta. I've got so many documented experiences of how I've manifested things, like to where I would literally write it in a notebook, know the t- frequency I tuned to, and then it came true. Like I have it all like documented. I would teach people the science of dreams because if I can teach people that, I could get them to their goals a thousand times faster like all the way so that's what i would teach in university i'm pretty sure that course does not exist but i would love to teach it so dear universities y'all want to bring in professor rocket you can find me you can find me you got the phone number
2: at charlie on instagram quantopia four zero four eight zero zero ten seventy three. charlie rocket you are the man thank you very much
1: jordan paris thank you brother
0: We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode, and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.